Welcome to the Center for a New American Securities NATSEC Women podcast series. Last year, we started a project on getting new audiences to think and talk about issues of gender, inclusivity, and national security. Schedule an event with gender in the title, and you can guarantee it is 95% women talking to other women in the audience about women's issues. So we tried other ways. Some audiences were receptive, some weren't. Some were frustrated we were making a big deal out of a topic they thought was closed. Asked and answered, move on. But among the women we know, it didn't feel nearly as clear cut. So we're bringing you right to the source one-on-one candid conversations with women in national security about their careers, their experience, their advice, and their lessons. Here's their stories. I'm Kate Kidder, fellow with the Military Veterans and Society Program here at CNAS, and we are delighted today to be speaking with Emma Ashford, who's a research fellow at Cato. So Emma, thank you for joining us today. Um, If you would, tell us about yourself. Give us a little background on how you got to where you are today. So I'm a fellow uh, at the Cato Institute in Defense and Foreign Policy, um, but I my background is actually in academia. I, I went to school, I studied international relations, went on, got the PhD like I was going to be a professor, um, and I studied uh, oil and foreign policy. Um, and I, I looked at my dissertation, I was looking at why do oil-rich states um, act the way they do in foreign policy, and so these are very unpleasant states, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Iran, um, and I got a little frustrated that I couldn't really impact policy more when I'm talking about these things that are really important for U.S. foreign policy. And so that sort of prompted me to look for job opportunities outside academia where I might be able to talk about policy a little more. And so I came into Cato via a postdoctoral fellowship that they had. Um, And since then, I found that it's been a a really great place to work. So I do get to still do my research. I get to look at, you know, in a scientifically rigorous way, how does foreign policy work? How does international relations work? But I get to take that and apply it to the issues of the day, experiment with different kinds of messaging, like we're just starting a new podcast, like I get to go on TV and talk. Um, And so it's, it's a great way for me to try and bring my research into to the real world. So looking back at your experience in in the foreign policy world, what are your thoughts if more women were in national security roles at more senior levels? Do you think, would the U.S. have a different kind of foreign policy? Do you think it would be more peaceful, less interventionist, uh, maybe a greater emphasis on diplomacy? Or do you think it would continue the way that we currently operate? So I would love to be able to say yes to this. I would love to say that if there were more women, we'd have a more peaceful world and, and everything would be great. Um, there's a couple of problems with that. The first is that I'm, I'm a realist. And so I think more about things like power and national interest. And I actually don't really think gender particularly matters for that. Um, but the second is that theory actually has some holes. If you look at the academic evidence, um, there have been studies that show that um, queens in medieval Europe initiated more wars than kings did. And so there's no real evidence that women would be more peaceful. Where I think it could make a difference, though, is when we're talking about attention to gender issues or awareness of gender issues. Um, and so Things like violence against women, which is often a really good indicator of state stability. And so if we focused a little more on that, it's actually a national security issue. Um, There's other studies that have been done that show that 
people are more likely, men are more likely to engage in terrorism if they don't have the money for a dowry or a bride price. And so there are all these ways that I think awareness of gender issues could actually give us a better foreign policy if we had more women involved at the highest levels. I think that's right. Uh, so as women, we often receive the question, what's it like being a woman working in national security? How do you answer that question when young women come to you and ask it? I never know how to answer that question because honestly, the answer is, you know, I, I show up at work and I breathe and I work on things that I'm interested in. Um, but I think perhaps more so than some others, I've been, I've been very lucky in that um, I am, I'm very unusual. I do hard security. I'm, I'm a realist. There's almost no women that fall into that category. But I have had mentors, uh, academic advisors, bosses along the way who never treated me any different and encouraged me to study the things that I was interested in. And I think women in national security and foreign policy really tend to get pushed out of some of these fields. And I don't know if that is just they get discouraged because there aren't other women, if the subjects aren't as, as appealing, but women tend to get pushed off into public relations, diplomacy, development studies, all of which is really valuable, but it's it's not the bread and butter of national security studies. It's not, as, as my former boss once described it, guns, bombs, and dead people, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's not that uh, the really important issues. And so I would... I think I have been very lucky. I'm not sure how other women replicate that, but I think they have to try. and We have to try to bring more women in on that hard security side, because if we don't, we're definitely missing something. And perhaps bringing more men into the soft side of security as well is, is another way to, to bridge a lot of these gaps. Absolutely. Between the two. So something you tweeted earlier this summer stuck with us. Uh, so the tweet says, funny thing, my tweets about Saudi foreign policy problems get less pushback than my suggestion that women can choose their own clothes. That's an astonishing window into the social media landscape and national security. What's going on with that? Like a lot of people, I use Twitter and it is at the same time really awesome and great because I make these connections and I get to see new ideas and debate with people. Um, but Twitter is also really awful. There are a lot of trolls. It is full of misogyny. Um, and in part, I think that the tweet that you're reciting got so much pushback because there's a constituency for a lot of the other things I talk about. You know, there's people on Twitter who are really keen on a more peaceful, more restrained U.S. foreign policy, who worry about excesses in, you know, U.S. wars in the Middle East. But there's not really a constituency for women's rights that isn't just women. And so you get a more balanced response, I think, in some of those other areas than you do when you start talking about women's rights. And the problem is, you know, as I said already, women's rights are a national security issue. And so maybe it's not possible on social media, but at some point we have to be trying to shift that conversation and say, well, if you care about U.S. foreign policy and you care about terrorism or war or these important issues, you have to care about women's rights. I think that's absolutely right. <laughs> Um, so knowing what you know now about being a woman in national security, what advice do you wish you could go back and tell your younger self if you could? So I'm still pretty young, actually. I'm not just saying that, you know, but I, I am still fairly early in my career. Um, and I very much appreciate hearing the advice of, of older women in this field because I feel like I can look ahead into the future and see where I might be able to get to. Um, and so if I could go back and actually tell myself, you know, 10 years ago, I would probably say two different things. One is that 
academia is not necessarily the best route into the policy world. And I know there's a lot of women who are studying in master's degrees who want to go on and do more research, um, but want it to be policy relevant, getting a PhD and thinking about going the academic track, that's not always the best way to do that. You might be better going off into uh, more policy-oriented institutions earlier on. And then I guess the second thing I would say is a lesson that I didn't learn until I was a bit older, which is self-promote. It is not a bad thing to put yourself forward. Men do it all the time. Um, And no matter how good your ideas are, if you don't talk about them and you don't push them forward and encourage other people to push them forward for you, no one will ever hear them. So uh, I wish I'd been just a little more uh, brash up front in, in pushing my own ideas. That's great. I think those are, are both two great points. As we think through all of the ways that women are, are trying to push the envelope and, and really make a presence in national security, what role do you think men can play um, as more women are entering the field? I think particularly if we're talking about hard security issues, men have a huge role to play because right now they are 80 to 90 percent of that population. And so I, I know that I, whenever I see women coming through, I try to encourage them to, you know, move into this field to try and uh, advance themselves. And I think if more men in the hard security field did that, it would be helpful because I think right now it's not that men don't see the women's work as worthwhile. It's not that they don't just see them as colleagues. It's that I think men often don't realize that there is an added barrier to women coming into this field. And I think, you know, if you're talking about something like computer science or or STEM subjects, it's really obvious that there's a gender barrier. But I think in the security studies field, we don't often realize how few women there are. And so men can perhaps try and grow that constituency by helping younger women to advance in the field. So you and I both work at think tanks outside of the government. What do you think that we can do uh, from from outside of government to drive change within government when it comes to women in national security and, and the roles that they're playing? I'm actually rather more hopeful about women inside the government than I am outside. So coming out of academia, I see this very much as a problem in the what you might call the ideas industry, right? The I the the people who sit around and think of ideas and try and push American foreign policy in one direction or the other, I think actually inside the government, they seem to do a better job in the Department of Defense and the intelligence agencies of recruiting women and then allowing them to advance in their careers. I think when you look at think tanks, what you often see are a lot of mid-career or late-career men um, and not so many women. And so that's the, the side of the industry that I personally would focus on rather than the government side. I think that's a good insight. Well, thank you, Emma. We're glad to have you as part of the Women in National Security podcast.